Hello and welcome back to Talk Nerdy to Me. My name is Tessa Cheshire and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Shay Wilkie. And today we have an extra special episode in store for you. I say that every episode, but that's because they're all extra special. special. Um, And this one is one that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Um, It's been in the books for a minute. I'm honestly shocked that I haven't done this topic before, like before we were co-hosting. But I'm also glad that I waited. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about one of my favorite um, graphic novels slash TV series. Um, It's Heartstopper. Yay! Which I love and Shay loves. And um, we're going to talk all about those silly little gay boys Mm -hmm. um, and silly little bi boys and silly little... There is a straight boy in the show. There is. The token straight. There is. Um, So we're going to talk about Heartstopper, which is one of my favorite things ever. It's a graphic novel series written by Alice Oseman, who is a British author and artist. And they then uh, got a deal to adapt it through Netflix. Mm -hmm. And Alice actually wrote every single episode of the TV series. So in my, my view... We're, we're not really separating. So normally when we talk about something that is like a book and an adaptation, we talk about like them as separate entities, but yeah. it, they're so similar. The only like big change is that there's no, there's a character that's removed. Yes. Um, there are two characters that are removed. Um, Alan and Oliver. Ah, yeah. Um, but other than that, like the plot, it sticks to everything pretty much the same. Yeah. So we're not going to have as much separation this time. Now- you might be wondering, what is Heartstopper? Oh, what is Heartstopper? Um, Heartstopper is <laughs> a story about two little gay boys, <laughs> to put it simply. Um, but we follow our, I would say, especially in the books, in the, not the books, yes, the books. Yes. Charlie's more so. Charlie's the, the main character, main I would say. protagonist. In the TV show, I feel like they do a better job of splitting up attention between Nick and Charlie. Yeah. It's just because books, the books are told from Charlie's, Charlie's POV. Perso- yeah. And so um, we, it's Charlie Sprig, right? Spring. Spring. That's where I get my Charlie stuff. Sprig. Yeah. He's just a little leaf. He's just a leaf. <laughs> um, anyway. And then Nick Nelson. Nick Nelson. And it's a queer romance teen coming of, of age, age TV series. Yeah. And it is so good. It's so good. Um, so it follows Charlie Spring and uh, his love interest is Nick Nelson mm-hmm. as they both come to terms with their own identities and how other people react to their identities. And as they come together as a couple, um, Nick starts the series thinking that he's straight. Yes. Um, and he, we see him go through his whole journey of discovering that he's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. And then Charlie, at the point of the start of the show, already is out as gay, but is the only out gay kid at his school. It is also worth noting that they are in an all-boys school. Yes. And Charlie was outed. Yes. He did not he come did not out. come out. He was outed. Um, and he's in a secret relationship at the beginning of the show with a character named Ben who is very closeted and very much manipulating Charlie. Evil. For what he can get out of the relationship. And hope. And so we get to see Charlie growing in that and like how he breaks free from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of like side characters that have really well fleshed out stories as well. Um, And it's, again, it's based on a graphic novel. So they use like 
some of like the art style from the novel, even though it is a live action series, you'll see like little drawings like mm-hmm. floating across the screen. Like the leaves. Like the leaves, the Heartstopper leaves. Yeah, um, I'm sure you've seen on Pinterest at this point. Probably. Um, and if you haven't, just look up Heartstopper leaves. I have, um, I made a bunch of the Heartstopper leaves and I cut them out and they're like lining my bed at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. You've seen them. Yeah. Um, and so I love the little leaves. I think they're so cute. And they are also like specialized to the characters. Like we get the leaves for Charlie and Nick's relationship, but um, Elle and Tao, one of the other romantic pairings in the show, have butterflies mm. um, and flowers, which is so special. Um, and I love how it's like so personalized to each character. I love that. And they're all so well fleshed out. I love that. So, shall we break down like the main... How many are there? Nick, Charlie, L, Tao, Isaac, Tara, and Darcy. The main seven. We have to talk about Tori. That's true, but maybe we start with the main seven. Like a little bit at least. And then, oh, we're going to, trust me, we're talking about Tori. I love Tori. I I think that um, Tori and Charlie's relationship is so me and Anna. That makes sense. Normally when I see, uh, Tori is Charlie's older sister, by the way, for listeners. Yeah. Often when I see like a a sibling relationship in a TV show that I relate to, I relate it to either both of my sisters or to me and Katie because Katie and I just have Mm -hmm. like a more conventional sibling relationship that are more commonly like represented in media. But Tori and Charlie are so me and Anna. Mm. Um, Anyways, so Charlie is, I think, one of the most fleshed out characters in the whole show. Yeah. They're all really well fleshed out. Makes sense because he's the main character. Um, So you'd hope. He is. And you just keep learning more and more about him as he continues to, like, grow. Yeah. So, like, in the first season, he deals with a lot of, like, insecurity about mm-hmm. um, his crush on Nick and about, like, still dealing with the after effects of being outed and facing homophobia at school. And then in season two, we're really ramping up to a big storyline that's going to come later. In, and it has been released in uh, the comics that yes. Charlie has an eating disorder. Yes. And you see seeds of it in season one if you know to look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Which is so brilliant storytelling of like, <sighs> if you don't know, it's easier to kind of miss the signs of yes. it. Oh, of him absolutely. just being like, I'm not really hungry every time anyone offers him food. And then later in season two, he starts like feeling really sick all the time and passing out. And like Nick starts noticing that he's not eating. And then that's when it becomes like an actual thing that's being mm-hmm. addressed um, Which is realistic. Yeah. I think it's and some of the that. most realistic depiction I have seen in media of like, of like eating of disorders. Any. Yes. Because I've seen some bad depictions <sighs> of eating disorders in media. Mm. <clears throat> Glee. Ugh. I love Glee, but they that storyline was so bad. No, you haven't they, seen Glee, but no. it's so bad. But I've heard I've heard stories of the eating Glee. disorder storyline. Yes. Awful, awful, awful. Um, and then Nick, do you want to talk about Nick? I talked about Charlie. You should talk I about Nick. I love Nick. <laughs> um, He's so baby girl. He is so baby girl. He is so traditional jock in the story, except like bleeding heart jock. Um, and that is just what we need. Yeah. Um, he, basically all of season one is him just coming to terms with the fact that he is Bisexual and identifying what that means. And he has 
a scene in season one where he like looks up the am I gay quiz. Which is like, so kind, real. It's like kind of funny. And then he like delves deeper. Mm-hmm. And as a queer person myself. Yeah. Oh. We've all been there. And um, well, oh, like I remember playing. Why Am I Like This by yeah. Orla Gartland. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, so I was listening, I was watching the show with my mom and yeah. she's straight. So she's never had that like experience of like looking up those kinds of things. Yes. Like a lot of queer people see that scene and they think it's kind of funny, but they're also like, oh, I've been there. Yeah. 100%. But he looked up the am I gay question and my mom was like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, I did that. Yeah. Like fully several times in like middle school. Yes. And like early high school. And even later in college when I was realizing that I was a lesbian and not bisexual, mm-hmm. like the lesbian master doc. Yeah. Like oh, that's, the, yeah. it's the same energy. Like Gen Z teenagers use the internet for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like doing research and then falling down that research, like spiral rabbit hole is something that I think most Gen Z people have done. And especially in this case of what's happening with Nick specifically, mm-hmm. I, I've, very rarely spoken to a queer person in our generation that has not done that exact thing. Yeah. Ugh. I love him. He's everything. He's everything. And he's so, like, all of the actors are so fantastic. Like, oh Joe Locke as Charlie. Incredible. Incredible. And and now he's on Broadway. And now he's on Broadway. <laughs> and I love, the thing about it is, I think that acting-wise, they're, like, on par with each other. Oh, yeah. But- in terms of looking like the the drawing, it literally looks like you've reached into the graphic novel and, and pulled Kate pulled, Connor out. Yes. The actor who plays Nick Nelson. I love Kate Connor. Um, if you're listening to this right now, go look up Kate Connor and then look up like comic Nick Nelson. And they you, look the same. Identical. Same thing with, I do think that Joe Locke does look a lot like Charlie. He does. Just the eye color is different. Yes. But. But it's, like, uncanny how much Kit— Well, and Kit auditioned for Charlie initially, which is so funny because he's such a Nick Nelson. Yes. Like, he's perfect for that role. He's so good. And then we have— Who do you like to talk about next? Oh. Of the main seven. We have to talk about Tao because I have to bully his haircut. They fixed it. They fixed— Thank God. Heaven above. Because there was no way we could have made it through another season. No. Do you want to say who Tao is? Let's okay. talk about Tao. I'm excited. So, I love him. Um, Tao is Charlie's best friend. Um, Charlie, Tao, and their other friend, Elle, who we'll talk about. And Isaac. And, and Isaac. We're all like besties. They hang out all the time. They have movie nights. Um, he's so emo. <laughs> he's like a film guy. Yeah. Um, he's a film bro. He's Yes, he's very much a film bro. And he's like Asian Colton Nielsen. Yes. If you know Colton, shout Col- out Colton. Colton. But the way that Colton is about movies is yes. how Tao is about yes, movies. Yes, exactly. Um, very, very analytical, very mm-hmm. protective. I'm going to be so honest. Even in the comics, I didn't love his character for a long time. Interesting. It took me a, a good minute to like like him. I have loved Tao from the start. Really? Really. That's really interesting because I, I wanted to like him so badly, <laughs> but every single time 
it just seemed like he was mad at Charlie for it something seemed, else. He certainly has like a lot of character development and yeah. like growth that he has yes. to go through and he does go through it. Mm-hmm. Like you see his character development. It's so good. Yes. But I also just think, I think I identify with him a lot of like That's his fair. anxiety about like being abandoned by people. Yeah. His abandonment issues are very similar to mine. That makes a lot of sense. Um, For different, he, he has them for different reasons, but like- yeah. He worries because his dad died mm-hmm. that he's going to lose everyone else in his life. Yeah. And that's why he acts the way that he does. But I also like that he doesn't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like he talks to Nick about it in season two and he's like very honest about it. But he, it also very, it doesn't feel like he's being like, well, I'm like this because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, this is why I, I do this, but I, I want to be better. Yes. And I feel, but that's also why I think it took me so long to like him, mm-hmm. period, was because I was like, you, please, like, let him breathe. <laughs> but that that was also just, he is very, like, the that is, like, the opposite of my abandonment issue is I can't, I can't, like, I have to do isolation. And so him consistently doing that in my brain was like, yeah, whoa. I think I sympathize with him a lot of, like, He's seeing his best friend get really close with someone else and he feels threatened by it. And also the added element of he thinks Nick is straight. He's wrong, yeah. but he also was worried about Charlie getting hurt because he's right. worried that his well, best even, friend has a crush on a straight boy. Well, and not even just that he's straight, but like the people who Nick hangs Nick out with hangs out with were not good people. One of them being Ben Hope. Yeah, and one of them hate. being um, Harry Green. You want to know? We can cut this out of the episode if we really need to. Okay. Do you know something really funny? Always. I have two exes with the, not exes, but like ex situationships of the names Ben and Harry. I know this. And it is so funny to me. Every time I watch the show that those are the two characters that we like hate. Ben Hope hate club. Yes. And Harry Green hate club as well. Because I hate them so fervently in the show. And They're I so hate terrible. Them so fervently in real life that it's so funny. Well, and Ben and Harry, I think, are like actually really well written. Yes. They're such antagonists because. They're so like high school teenage boy who's figuring stuff out, who yeah. take things out the completely wrong way. Yes. You know, like it feels like these are boys that I could have gone to high school with. Like I do. I really enjoy um, Harry's character because he is just kind of an a-hole. Yeah. But he is very much, like you can tell, 90% of him is just ego. Yeah. And well, he's very, very insecure. Fragile. Yes. I think I could write pages about Ben Hope as a character. Yeah, I could also write pages about Ben Hope. Yeah. Like, he was just... It's so interesting. The way they flesh out his character... Yeah, we should finish going through the we seven. Should, we should go through the seven. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. Um, so Nick was originally friends with them. Uh, and so that is Tau why is Tau worried. did not like them. Which um, is valid. Which is a, yes, which is a very valid concern. Um, it, like, does he go about it in the wrong, in the wrong ways? He, a lot of, a, the, some of the, time, of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. However, he also is a 15 year old boy. Yes. So it, I think it's very realistic. Also, his haircut is atrocious. He fixes it. He fixes it He gets it a later. haircut in season two. But in Thank season God. one, you just just ignore it. Just <laughs> pretend it's not Just pretend like it's that. not. 
there. Well, and it's funny because I think what it was is that Tao was supposed to be this like kind of silly, not taken super seriously guy. Mm-hmm. And Will Gao, who plays him, is like a cute guy. Yeah. Like he's like very like conventional Asian beauty standards. Yes. And so I think they were like, we need people to not think he's a hot guy. We need people we, to think that he's so they gave kind him of funky like looking. The exact haircut that he has in the comics, which for a comic style works. But it's also longer than it was in the comics. Yes. And so it's like his hair is like middle parted, like chin length, and it's like flat ironed like out. out. <laughs> um and it looks so Ugh. dorky. But I think maybe they were trying to make people perceive him as a dork. Which worked. It did. I think it worked. Well, because then even Can when I say he, that? <laughs> yeah, even when he cuts his hair later, it keep you keep the like, oh, this is a dorky little guy yeah. perception that you yeah. start with, even though he's now like more attractive. More attractive, yeah. Um, the haircut is more attractive. Yeah, L. L. Argent. I love L. Uh huh. I'm an L apologist. She can do no wrong. But you don't even. There's nothing to apologize for. Exactly. She's perfect. She literally has never done anything wrong ever in her life. So L is uh, one of the other members of uh, Charlie's friend group. It's Charlie, Tao, L, and Isaac. And L is a trans girl who has just transferred to the all-girls school. She used to go to Truem with is the, the boys. Yeah. But it was awful for her because she was trans. Yes. And attending an all-boys school. Yes. And like— was out before she transferred. So she was yeah. attending and she kept getting suspended because her hair was long mm-hmm. and just a lot of things like that that she goes through and she talks a lot about like how difficult it was. Yeah. Um, and she's an artist. Yeah, she And is. she is an incredible artist. Yeah, she is. Um, and she and Tao are very close. She's definitely, I would say, closest with Tao out of all of the boys. Even wow. before, they, are, yeah, they do crazy. have like love interest stuff happening. But I think even at like the very start, it's established that Tao keeps accidentally buying two bottles of apple juice because he used to buy L1 every day. And now she's not so at their cute. school. Um, it's so cute. And it's like a recurring thing now. He'll be like, I got you apple juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start officially dating at the end of season and, two. Yeah. But there's a big like arc of, I don't want to ruin our friendship and yes. ruin what we already have because I care so much about you. Like I could ruin like, the most fulfilling friendship in my life. And watching that, oh my God. That made me feel insane. I wanted to throw up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Elle is so, I think she's such an interesting character because we also get some more Elle development in season two because she starts, um, she gets accepted to an art school. Yeah. So she goes to like do some orientation stuff over there. She's not officially attending there yet, but she mm-hmm. wants to go. And so she, we see her like branching out and making friends outside of their friend group and like making friends with other trans people mm-hmm. and uh, non-binary people and like really branching out and really realizing like even though she loves all of her friends at um, Higgs and at Truem, she wants to do this and she wants mm-hmm. to pursue her art and that's really important to her and I really love that she's not like so many shows would have been like I'm gonna stay at this school because 
my the boy I love is at the school next door, and my friends are all at this school. And it would just be so much easier for me to stay here because I love them and I miss them too much. But she doesn't do that. She no. goes, I am going to miss you all and I love you all, but I want to go to this school because it's really important to me and this is my dream for my future. Yeah. And good for her. Good for her. Isaac. I kick my feet and giggle every time I think about him. Isaac is just a little guy. Isaac is the fourth member of the Charlie Towell Isaac group. Um, and he is a little bookworm. Little bookworm. He always has like a different book. Like if you watch the show, some people have like made lists of all of the different books that Isaac reads mm -hmm. over the course of the show, which is really, really silly, really fun. Um, and he kind of like, he participates, but he'll like sit there and like hang out with the group while he's reading um, and has of such an incredible arc. And he's an original character for yeah. the TV series because in the books, the fourth member of their friend group was named Alid, and he is the main character of another novel that Alice Oseman wrote. And so they, when they were adapting it for a TV show, said, I don't want to like make it so that I can't adapt Radio Silence down the line because I already have an actor playing Alid who would maybe yeah. be too old at that point. Yeah. So they changed the character, um, which I, and I love Isaac. Yes. Would I have loved to see Alad? Probably, because I do love him. Mm -hmm. But I read Radio Silence. Like, it's a great book. Um, and he reads Radio Silence. He does. That's Isaac reads Radio Silence. Um, just a little, like, shout out to who he was based on. They're very different characters, but they are. he's based on Alad. Yeah. Like, they play similar roles in the dynamic of the group. Um, would you like to talk about Isaac's little journey? I feel like I've talked a lot, so I, I, I <laughs> but I also feel like I am probably, Isaac is I, Arrow Ace. Yeah. I, um, I, I am, I am. You're yielding the floor? Yes, <laughs> I yield the floor to you. <laughs> so Isaac is Arrow Ace, um, a romantic asexual, and some of the only Arrow Ace representation I've ever seen in media. Yeah. Maybe because I've seen a couple others, maybe one other. Yeah. Um, I've seen Ace representation that was mm -hmm. an Arrow Ace representation, um, but you see him struggle with that of like, there's a boy who he really likes platonically and he can't tell what the feelings are or how he feels. And then they kiss and he doesn't feel anything and he feels really guilty and awful. And like, he doesn't understand why he feels this way. And he like goes off on his friends at one point of like, no, like, because after he, he kisses the other boy of, like, you don't understand yeah. what this is like. And maybe I don't want to date anyone. And you're all pressuring me, making me feel pressured. Mm -hmm. um, and then he later finds a book in the school library yeah. about asexuality Ugh. that he has. They're called heartstopper moments. And often it's when the little leaves or flowers or butterflies or what have you go across the screen. And... For every other character, they always happen at romantic moments. Mm -hmm. We see them with Nick and Charlie. We see them with Tao and Elle. We see them with Tar and Darcy. We haven't talked about yet. Yeah. But Isaac gets a heart stopper moment when he finds the book about asexuality. Which is so cute. Which makes me feel insane. Um, Tara and Darcy are lesbians. They're girlfriends. They're dating. Um, Tara and Nick dated at one point. Yes. Like, long, in, like, middle ago. school. And... 
are still good friends. Yes. Um, they have a really funny conversation <laughs> where <laughs> in season one where he's like, did you like have feelings for me like way back then? And Tara's like, oh, no. Like that's like kissing and being with you. Is what made things. me realize I was a lesbian. He's like, oh, <laughs> glad it's, I couldn't be helpful. It's so funny. Um, which I do love that. And I love the Tara and Nick, like, dynamic and relationship. Mm-hmm. That makes me really happy. And um, I think that she has a lot of potential to be a really interesting character. But they don't give her a ton of, like, Specific to her plot lines. All of her storylines have been about her relationship with Darcy, I would say. She has the one of, like, being really, like, not ashamed, but ashamed when she comes out. Yeah. Um, And, like, Um, feeling really judged. But that's also, like... About Darcy. Yeah. Which is very real. Yeah. um, I do like the contrast between the two of them. Yeah. Simply because... Darcy is kind of that, like, does not care attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, Darcy does what Darcy wants, and I can respect that. Mm -hmm. But Tara cares so deeply about, like... How people perceive her. Yeah. And so she, like, comes out on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, just posts with her girlfriend. And that is, like, mostly what drives the little insecurity spell. Well, and I think that those differences between Tara and Darcy also make Darcy's storyline so much more interesting Mm -hmm. because Darcy presents this image to their school of, like, not caring what people think and, like, being super proud Proud of being a lesbian. Mm -hmm. But her mom, who is a single parent, it's just her and her mom, is incredibly homophobic. Yeah. And verbally berates her all the time. And, like, Darcy buys a suit to wear to prom Mm -hmm. with her girlfriend and but her mom doesn't know it's her girlfriend, obviously. Yeah. Um, hasn't even met Tara. And her yeah. mom is like, people are going to think you're a lesbian. You cannot wear that. You are not allowed to wear that. And, like, Darcy runs away because she's being verbally attacked by her mother. Yeah. So it's so interesting that she presents this super confident, confident image. personality, yeah. But she's not. She's afraid all the time. <sighs> I love lesbians. <laughs> Well, and it's so interesting because the actor who plays Darcy is mm-hmm. non-binary. Yeah. And transmasculine. Yeah. And they were actually asked, like, Alice Osman was like, what will make you the most comfortable? Because they came out after the first after, season. Yeah. Um, like, if you would like Darcy to wear a binder or be non-binary, I'm willing to do that. And um, Kizzy Edgel was like, mm-hmm. I think right now, I need to figure out myself before I play a character going through that journey. Yeah. So I would like to keep Darcy a woman and mm-hmm. do that story, which I I love that one, they were given the option to not do that if they wished well, to. Yeah. And I also love that what how they like phrased it of like wanting to go through the journey themselves first. Yeah. Which I think is so so incredible. Because it's all about the queer experience. And then, okay, other characters that we should definitely talk about. Tori, obviously. Tori. Imogen. Oh, yes. Imogen. And then we've we've a little bit talked about Harry and Ben. I feel like we've talked enough about Harry, but we should talk more about Ben. Yeah. Who, who would you? Uh, Tori. Tori. 
<laughs> I knew it. I love Tori. Tori is so older sister core. Yes. Um, Tori is like Charlie's older sister, like we said earlier. And she is so funny. But she just also cares so deeply so about Charlie. Deeply. And they in the comics, they have a younger brother, also mm-hmm. Oliver. But he's not in he's the not show in the because show. it was going to be really complicated to get a child actor mm-hmm. to do it. And labels tried labor laws and he wasn't like vital to the story no so he's not in it which is unfortunate i miss him but i also get it i understand sacrifices must be made we've talked about this many a time but with with oliver you and uh your brothers are so the spring siblings yes but then in the tv show there's so me and anna yeah and they're just so sweet i also (laughs) There is a book about Tori. Solitaire. Solitaire, Tori is asexual. Yes. And that journey is really, really beautiful. It's so incredible. Um, And we're going to meet Michael Holden, Tori's um, partner. Partner. They don't really have like a label, Mm -hmm. but they are together. An item. An item. Ish. Ish. Um, and he's, they've cast an actor to play him in the next season, which I'm so excited for because I love Michael Holden. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, which is thrilling. I love, one, Tori is like, like weird older sister, like lurking around corners and like. She's kind of like a kind cryptid. of Yeah. And kind of deadpan delivery of mm-hmm. stuff. But then there are scenes where you see how deeply she cares and how much she understands him. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the big differences is a sp- in a lot of the points in this show, um, like they'll have conversations with their parents. Who the do not get it. Who do not get it. Like as much as we wish they could. Like Charlie's dad picks him up from an awful experience mm-hmm. <laughs> on more than one occasion. Um and well, Charlie's mom is just the worst. Yeah, I'm a Jane Spring hater. She's not great. Anyways, Tori. <laughs> so it's just nice to see that there is somebody who understands him mm-hmm. and cares so deeply about him. Yeah. One of I think the most memorable scenes in the whole show, for me at least, mm-hmm. is in the first episode of season two, when Charlie and Tori are talking about Nick possibly coming out and Mm -hmm. him being anxious. And Charlie's like, everything is going to be perfect. I'm going to make everything so perfect for him. And he's talking about like, perfect, perfect, perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything is great. And there's, while he's talking, the camera does a close-up of Tori's face and her facial expression. And she like, you can see the change from like, this is a normal sibling conversation to like, shattered and terrified for her little brother. Yeah. And like the fear in her eyes. I watched that episode for the first time. And um, Anna, my sister, who I think reminds me so much of Tori, mm-hmm. um, has watched Heartstopper. Katie hasn't seen it, but Anna has. And so I texted her and I was like, I need you to watch season two of Heartstopper right now because I feel really insane about this. Um, mm-hmm. And then once she watched it, we talked about it. And she was like, yeah, I've had, I've had those experiences with you. And it's also the like, older sister to a queer younger sibling of like her watching me go through those like self-discovery and like really difficult times. Yeah. And then I would, 
you know, be like, I'm great. Everything is fine. I'm going to do this and everything's going to be great. And she would have those feelings. Yeah. And it's so realistic. And they also yeah. have like the sometimes like mildly antagonistic, like making fun of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also at the end of the day, always there for him when he yeah. needs her. And he's there for her too. Which is a great contrast to uh, Nick's family. Mm-hmm. There's a scene, actually, one of my favorite scenes in the whole— I was so excited when um, they got the renewal for season two because I was like, I bet season two is going to include this scene. They have a dinner with Charlie's family and Nick's family. His dad is, like, in town. His parents are divorced. Yeah. And um, his older brother is home from university. Mm -hmm. Um, And his older brother is homophobic and terrible and the worst. And he's on the phone with one of his friends, like, complaining and being saying really homophobic stuff about Charlie and Nick. And Tori's in the bathroom, and she's washing her hands and hearing this. And then she comes out of the bathroom, kicks um, David's phone across the room. Yeah. And, like, says, talk about my brother like that again, and I'll end you. Ugh. And that's so And they, they, like, frame for frame, it looks the same in the comics as it does mm-hmm. in the show. And I, it was perfect. It exactly was what I wanted. Yeah. And he deserved it. Yeah. And she ate it up. I was I so excited her. to get to see Tori Spring kick a phone out of a homophobe's hand. <laughs> and that is something Anna would do. Anna would like, sometimes we'd be on the phone and she'd be like, yeah, I got in a fight with some of the homophobes at church today. Like she would talk to, cause she was very involved in the Newman Center at her college. Yeah. And some of the people at her, you know, Catholic Newman Center in Oklahoma would say like homophobic stuff. And they would be like, what, are you going to have you're going to have a gay person at your wedding? And Anna's like, yeah, my sister's going to be at my wedding. Like, she would square up with the homophobes. Good for her. Which is so slay. Shout out, Anna, if you're listening to this. Imogen. I am so Imogen. Imogen. I used to have her haircut. You did. During the summer, I had, like, the exact same hair dye style that she has in the show. I love her. Her... Her character development is so good. And she's an original character for the series as well. She was not in the books at all. I love her. She's like, she has a crush on Nick. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they just are like really good friends. Yeah. Um, And she's, some people like hated on her because she was like in the way of Nick and Charlie's relationship. But I was like, she never did anything. Like, yeah, she asked him out, but she's allowed to ask a boy out. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not her fault that Nick wasn't interested, and she totally respected that he wasn't interested. Once he was like, I'm I'm really, I, I'm not interested. I really just want to be friends with you. She fully respected that. Yeah. And, like, supported him and loved him mm-hmm. and, like, trusted him. And then she starts dating someone else. And then she starts dating Ben. <sighs> but then she breaks up with him. And then she breaks up with him. And it's so slight. Well, and it's so funny. Um... Nick, Imogen is, like, the first person Nick comes out to that's not, like, part of the, like, queer little friend group that he has joined with Charlie and all of his friends because Charlie's friends find out sooner. Um, And so, like, Tara and Darcy are—Tara is the first person Nick tells Mm -hmm. um, because they, like, bond over it. But Imogen is the first person from, like, his old group of friends Mm -hmm. that he properly comes out to. And (laughs) she—he's about to tell her, and she's like— are you and Charlie dating? And then like claps her hands over her mouth and is like, I'm so sorry. I should have let you say it to me. I'm so sorry. 
Um, and then he's like, it's okay. Like assures, reassures her. And then she's like, can I give you a hug? And I love that scene. I also think that she's a lesbian. We all saw the, what is it? The one. Sahar. Yeah. The scene with Sahar. Yeah. There's a scene in like the last episode where Imogen is watching Sahar, one of the other characters, um, playing at their prom. She's a guitarist and she's watching her. And there's a scene in season one where Nick is watching Tara and Darcy kiss at a party. And Mm -hmm. the lighting is in the colors of the bisexual flag. And this is before Nick like says he's bi or comes to term with it or anything. And in this scene where Imogen is watching Sahara play the guitar, what colors are surrounding her? The colors of the lesbian flag. The colors of the lesbian flag. That cannot mean nothing. She's, and it's so like, she, when she talks to Nick about her like crush on him, she's like, but we're, we're best friends and we hang out every day. Yeah. Those are her criteria. It's not about like finding him attractive or anything like that. It's it's we're best friends and we hang out. So obviously, like if we're dating, we're just hanging out every day. Yeah. And that's also with Ben. She just and this is something that I also had an experience experience with. If like I grappled with it for so long and I was like, but I I've dated men that I and I enjoyed dating them. Yeah. And my sister went, You liked someone paying attention to you in that way. Mm-hmm. But it would have been better if it was a woman. Mm. And I was like, oh. oh. So I think Imogen's going to yeah. have one of those moments. Oh, I hope so. But also, if not, that's okay. It's okay. But I, in my brain, she will be a lesbian forever. <laughs> Sorry. That's a lesbian. Sorry. I know, when, I know a lesbian when I see one, except when I'm looking in the mirror, apparently. She has the bisexual haircut. She does, but so do I. Yeah. I think she's pan. Interesting. I think that's what it is. I could see that. Maybe we're just both projecting our sexualities onto Imogen. I just love her. I just think that the colors of the lesbian flag lighting up around her can't be meaningless. Because they've done that before and it meant something. Yeah. But I'm curious if that is indicating her sexuality or just indicating the fact that she likes girls. Yeah, maybe. But wouldn't that just be the sapphic colors? Because it's a different flag. I don't know if they would go that deep into it. That's fair. Because I'm going to be so for real, Tessa. I don't know what the sapphic colors are, but I know what the lesbian. Pink and white. Yeah. So... Anyways, <laughs> um, like, I'm going to be so for real. I just think it might be more recognizable. Yeah. I do think that could be a, oh. I can see that. I could definitely see that. She's a woman. <laughs> and she's severe for that. Very. I love women. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> Shay and I were in the car. Oh. And she was dropping me off at my house after we went to the store. And we were listening to a song. I don't even Song sung by a woman, and yeah. Shay goes, "Oh, I'm so gay." And I go, "Yeah, grass green." And I think that's one of the funniest things I've ever I was, said. I was dropping you off. I was being so helpful and so nice. <laughs> I'm so gay. Yeah, grass green. And then I got out of my car and out of your car and went inside my house. And I went. Uh, that was it. I left uh, you with that. Uh, uh, 
And then you, we I didn't see each other for another like three hours. three hours. Well, and then later that night, later last night, we were at Shay's house like several hours later and Shay was talking to um, their roommate Austin about that interaction and said, a couple days ago, and I went, Shay, that was earlier today. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, that was a fun I story no I wanted to share. I of time. Okay? It's, it's so funny. Fault. No, I, I do the same thing often, but I, I it was funny. Yeah. Um, funny. Anyways, should we talk a little bit more about Ben Hope? Oh, I hate him. Me too. But he's such a good antagonist. He's a really good antagonist. Yeah, because Ben um, is bi. Yeah. But very in denial about it. Very in denial about and it. We meet him at the very beginning of season one, and he's texting Charlie, and he's like, hey, like meet me in the library, like very low-key. And it is established very quickly that they are like, they make out in secret, and then he pretends Charlie does not exist. Mm-hmm. To like scratch his little homosexual itch. Yeah. And then he dips. Yeah. And then he guilts Charlie about... And then he assaults him. Yeah. He keeps trying to kiss Charlie, and Charlie keeps saying, stop, 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 stop. it. And then Nick is like... Rips him off of... Rips him off the of him way and is like, he told you to I stop. I remember exactly what my reaction was the first time I watched that scene. It's yeah? insane. Go on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in my little living room and <laughs> at my house back like in... My middle of nowhere hometown. Yeah. And I remember like kind of being like, oh, okay, this is happening. Is this actually going to happen? Yeah. And when I saw the hand grab and pull, I like shot up from my seat. I started cheering. When that scene happened, I watched the show by myself and then I rewatched it actually with my mom. My mom has seen all of Heartstopper uh, and she's probably listening to this. Because she listens to Talk Nerdy to me. So hi, mama. Hi, dad. One of my, yeah, Shay's dad also listens. <laughs> One of my favorite things that she's ever said is that when that scene happened, she turned to me and goes, is he going to get beat up? I don't think I can watch this show if I have to see a, a gay boy get beat up. I don't think I can watch that. That would make me so sad. Oh, and I was like, no, he doesn't get no, beat up. he doesn't get beat up. But I, it meant like, it really hit me of like, wow, my mom feels so strongly about this show and like about like queer people being safe that she doesn't even want to watch she doesn't want him watch, get hurt yeah which and is so sweet it made me love her just a little bit more than i already do i love your mom yes she's so i sweet. love you mom hi mama <laughs> and also hi shay's dad hi dad <laughs> um can we please talk about the soundtrack yeah, we have to. It's so I listened to the soundtrack. Good. Do you want to know something crazy? I I usually I hate instrumental tracks, but you, do you know what instrumental track I will listen to? First sight. Oh. Yeah. From season one. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Also, just the songs that they chose to like from like pop artists and, and most indie of artists them are queer artists. Yes. Which um, is really cool. And there's a water park song in season one. Yeah, there is. Which, um, if you know me, you know I love, love water parks. They're my favorite band. I've seen them live. I've seen them live again over spring break. I love them so much. And so them being in Heartstopper, like that scene makes me go kind of insane. Yeah. And um, Austin Knight, the lead singer of water parks, actually he made a TikTok about it, like promoting the show 
and like promoting that they had a song in it. And he was like, one of my songs is featured in Heartstopper at a party that I would have never, ever been invited to in a million years. Because it's at Harry Green's like birthday, birthday party. party. And yeah. then all of the comments are people being like, it's okay, Austin, your actual fans would not get invited to those types of parties either. <laughs> and you know what? They're right for that because yeah. I, I would not be invited to, nor would I want to go to that kind of party. I probably did. Go. Too many people. I, I will go to parties. I've gone to parties, but that's too many people. They rented out like a hotel for this party. Yeah. That's too big. Too big. I would probably have a panic attack. Anyways. That's fair. <laughs> the soundtrack is just so good. They also have like Cave Town. Girl in Red. Girl in Red. A lot of. Orla Gartland. Um, um, Baby Queen, Colors of You. That yeah. was written for the show. Oh, um, I think about My Own Person by Ezra Williams a bit. Yeah. Too much. They play Crush Culture by Cru- Conan oh, for Isaac Conan during, the I- during the Isaac scene, which is crazy. <laughs> Seven by Taylor Swift. Which is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. That song is like, that song's on my Shea playlist, actually. Really? Yeah. Aww. I sent you that playlist. I know. I just, I don't recognize Taylor Swift songs. That's fair. Um, and that song is also like mine and Gracie's song. Oh. Like, I dressed as that song for Gracie's, like, Taylor Swift birthday party way back when. Oh, yeah. Um, so hearing there. it in Heartstopper. And I watched the show with, the second season with Gracie. I also watched the first season with Gracie, I think. No, she watched it herself, but on my recommendation. But yep. we watched season two together. I'd already seen it with my mom, but we watched it together, the two of us. And so watching that scene of like, and it plays when all of the friends are like together after prom and they're all like mm-hmm. playing games at um, uh, Nick's house, I think it is. I think so. Either Nick's or Charlie's house. I think it's Nick's house. Um, but anyways, they're all like playing games and like being best friends and it's 2-7 by Taylor Swift which is so, like, watching that scene with one of my best friends hits different. <laughs> um, I'm looking at other, I mean, they have- Day Glow was one of my, they also have Smoky Eyes by Lincoln. They have I Maggie Rogers. I about that. They have a lot of, like, just really good music. Bee-ba-doo-bee. They have, uh, they do have Bee-ba-doo-bee. They do. Um, <laughs> the way you said that. I love that. They have a, a Rina Sawayama song. They have several Biba Doobie songs. They have yeah. a Chloe Mariondo song. They have uh, such a good, such a good. I feel normal about the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, just obviously. such a good show. It's really good. And I think... One of the things that is my one of my favorite things about the show is that I think it's the most accurate depiction I have seen in um, media of how Gen Z teens actually communicate. Yes, like the messages oh that gosh. they send feel like actual messages high I, schoolers would send on actual social media platforms that high schoolers would use. I remember when we wa- like when I watched season one, seeing them talk through Instagram DM in the little typing bubble, go up and go away. I'm like, I've had this experience. Yeah, I've been here. Yeah. And you, like, are waiting for the, like, little, like, notification. Yeah. You can't tell if, like, oh, is that a response? Is the conversation over? Or are they going to send me? Yeah, what does this mean? What does this mean? What do you mean you liked my message? Mm -hmm. And, like, the way way? that they talk. Yes. And, like, like Charlie has auto caps off. Mm Mm-hmm. And just little details like that. And each character, like, has, like, a different 
texting style, which is also so accurate because I've never, like, no Gen Z people, like, there's always slight differences. Yeah. Like, even, you know, like, Spencer and I both have auto caps off, but we still speak differently. Oh, yeah. And I think my texting voice is, like, I speak differently than I text. I I text in all caps a lot. You do. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll be like, I'm sorry, guys, I was yelling. Yeah. Um, You've been in group chats. With I me. have. I've also just texted you individually. Yeah. Yeah. Literally yesterday, in all caps, STFU evil with three L's. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> I could probably find more examples without having to look very far. No. Although, recently in like the group chat, you have not said much. Oh, I am an observer right now. It's mostly been Spencer and Izzy. Hey, the last thing I did say in the group chat was all caps, and it was one word, and it was just truth. Where? What? Oh, you also said on Sunday, woo! <laughs> yeah. See, I'd be talking sometimes. And yeah, you did say truth. The last two messages you sent in the group chat were both in all caps. Wah, wah. That's kind of funny. And then my, like, I... My most recent message in the group chat was, I just got complimented on my Valentine's Day fit, period. I did not intentionally dress up, period. This, this is just how I dress. <laughs> Which is the thing that happened to me. It was really funny, though. I didn't process. They were like, I love your Valentine's Day outfit. Yeah. And I, like, looked at what I was wearing, and I was like, thank you. And then I was, like, driving away, and I was like, I did not, this is not what this mean is. to dress up. I just wear this cardigan, like, once a week. <laughs> so I was wearing my uh, pink cardigan that, Gracie uh, made for me. Yeah. And I wear it a lot because someone made me a cardigan. Yeah, I'm going to wear it. Like, so I wear it a lot. And I did not even process when I got dressed that morning that it was Valentine's Day. (laughs) It was a Wednesday. It was just a random Wednesday. In my brain, I was like, it's a Wednesday. Because it was. Yeah. Valentine's Day didn't feel real this year. I, yeah. I literally, all I did that day was like, well, I, class and homework but then I had like second studio stuff all the rest of the day because yeah. I had a leadership meeting and a tech rehearsal and when I went to Dutch Bros and they complimented my outfit I was getting drinks for the design team for the Solve Squad the Solve Squad good show good soundtrack the writing is incredible <gasps> Olivia Coleman. Heartstopper has none other than Oscar winner Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Coleman. Playing Nick's mom, who is one of, honestly, the best parent in the show. I adore her. And she does such a wonderful job playing the, the role. It feels so real. And her love for Nick. And even, like, she will hold David, her other son, accountable. But you can tell that she also really loves him and cares about him. Yeah. Which is so real. Yes. I think... This show is some of the most accurate, like, queer, like, depiction of queerness and those dynamics that I've ever seen. Uh Uh-huh. And it means a lot, like, that people can grow up with this kind of representation that we didn't grow up with. Yeah. And it hasn't been that long since we were growing up. Oh, no. Like, we've come so far in terms of representation even in the last, like, decade. Mm -hmm. And I think Heartstopper is a really... Good example of that. Yeah. Well, and thinking about it, like, 
most of the time, if I wanted to see any sort of like queer anything in media, it was not the actual source material. It was like, yeah. I read a fan fiction and it shipped two of the characters together. I went, yeah. oh, exactly. that could work. I don't think I saw like an actual piece of queer media until I was like in high school. I think I was in, I, it was, I think my first like piece of like actual queer media was Glee, genuinely. Really? Yeah. I didn't watch it. And that was in middle school. So, and that was not good representation. I love Glee, but it was bad representation. See, I'm trying to think. It was revolutionary for its time. Yeah. But I think it's a testament to how far we've come that, you know, Heartstopper came out like 12 years after Glee started, and it's significantly better representation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you weren't going to see a show a decade ago that had, like, gay and trans and non-binary and bisexual people mm-hmm. in lead roles. Yeah, no. Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But no. And I do think, you know, I think that people don't need to come out to get a, a part. I think trans roles need to be played by out trans actors because of yeah. the trans experience. But I think that people should not have to divulge their sexuality to get a job. Um, and that was something that really came into play with Heartstopper. Yeah. Because uh, Kit Connor was not out. And yeah. actually, would, he, when he was asked about it, he was like, I don't feel comfortable publicly labeling myself. Yeah. Um, and then people called him a queer baiter, even though real people cannot queer bait. That's not, queer baiting is a marketing, marketing tactic, tactic done by companies. It's yes. not something an individual, individual person can, can do. That's something I joke about. Yeah. Like when I go, you're acting a little fruity. Are you queer baiting me? Yeah. Joke. 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 Um, you can't. But people harassed him so much online that he he tweeted like back for a bit I'm by congrats on forcing an 18 year old to out himself clearly some of you did not actually watch the show yeah because the whole point of the show was like and even I think it was kind of beautiful this all happened between seasons one and two yeah and then in season two there are a lot of conversations between Nick and Charlie of like you do not owe coming out to anyone but yourself. Mm-hmm. You come out on your timeline and nobody else's. You do not need to feel pressured. And I think it's kind of beautiful that even though Kit Connor himself did not get to have a coming out that was on his own terms, he got to have his character have one. Yeah. That means a lot to me. And I hope it meant a lot to him. But it makes me like viscerally angry when I think about the way that he was treated. And like, again, he was an 18 year old. Yeah. I think especially there are some roles that I think should be played by out queer people, depending on the the character. And also there are some actors who should not be playing queer roles. Yeah, no. Like James Corden in the prom should not have happened. That was offensive because of one, because of the way he portrayed it. Yeah. Was very stereotypical, very offensive. But he is not. I don't think minors especially should ever have to divulge their sexuality to get no. a job. I don't think anyone should, but especially not like at the time that he was cast in the show, he was like 16 or 17. Yeah. He was 18 when he had to out himself, but he was young when he was cast. People can't even legally drink in the U.S. Yeah. And he was forced to out himself, um, which is Sad. horrific. And it makes me so sad. Um, but what are you going to do? Not force people to out themselves, I guess. But apparently that's too much to ask. So 
But it's just such, and I love that the story tells that, you know, of like, you should not feel like you have to come out for anyone but yourself. Yeah. Because that was something that I, I dealt with too. Yeah. Was like feeling pressured to come out to certain people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready. And that was okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's like a kind of serious note to end on. Oh, do we need to make it silly? I don't know. Well, that's how the show goes, kind of. Because season yeah. one, you're like, wow, this is just a silly like, little feel-good rom-com. Aw. And then season two, Charlie passes out Aww. because he has not been eating. Aww. And you're like, oh. No sleep. This no is bus. bad. Bus. It's good. It's very it's very Another impressive, bus. realistic storytelling. But I had, like, a visceral reaction to that scene. Like, it made me, like, kind of sick to my stomach. Yeah. It's just such a good show. It's a good show. And it's such a good book. Yeah. Like, I, if you have not read the graphic novel and you've watched the show, read the graphic novel. You will love it. It's available all online for free. Yes. And it's, it doesn't take that long to read because nope. it is illustrations. It's comics. Yes. There's not as much, like, text to read. Um, I reread them often. And uh, you can buy them, like, in physical books. So I have a couple of them as physical copies, but you don't need to pay you can just go online and read them, and they are yeah. free. And they are so good. And you can see where this, you know, if you've read the, the graphic novel, you can kind of see, you know, where the show is going to go. Like, I know what's going to happen next yeah. season in the show. But I also know, like, there's going to be little changes here and there, and I'm excited to, like, see what those are. Yes. Yee. Like, I'm kicking my feet and giggling, thinking about how much I love these books. And just in the novels, because she also has written... Um, Nick and Charlie is a novella about mm-hmm. the two of them that I, I've read. It's so good. And This Winter is also a, a Nick and Charlie story. It's, a, yeah. it's about the spring siblings, but Nick and Charlie also. Um, and then Nick and Charlie are in solitaire. The, yes. It's about Tori, but there is— They are mentioned. They are mentioned. They're in it. Um, and then if you want—because Tori is one of my favorite characters in Heartstopper, having, like, a whole book from her POV and such, like, a— and then I don't know if intense is the right word, but like yeah. such an intense book that is so realistic. Yes. It's so just anything in like the Alice Oseman universe. Good. I highly recommend. I Good. think that they are an incredible writer, an incredible artist, and like they think out everything so well. Yeah. You can tell how much care has gone into crafting the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. And I think that's that's all she wrote. That's all that's all she wrote. The end. <laughs> Close the book. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to this episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. We've had so much fun talking about Heartstopper. If you would like to stay up to date with all things SU News, you can follow us on Instagram at SU underscore news or for news on our podcast, it is SU underscore news underscore podcasting. If you want to stay up to date with us, you can follow me on Instagram at Tessa Chesh. And you can follow me at ShayShay180. And we will see you guys next time. We're going to be, what are we talking about next time? And we will see you next time on Talk Nerdy to Me. We are going to be ranking some Disney relationships with our dear friend Gracelyn, yes. which uh, I'm very excited for. Gracelyn, like, literally gasped, for, like, in excitement when we asked her to be on the podcast and rank Disney relationships with She's us. She's so cutie. So I'm so excited for you to meet Gracelyn. Yes. And so excited to talk about Disney relationships. 
And uh, so make sure you tune in. You don't miss that one. And we will see you then. Bye. Bye.